Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee, your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is going to be a crazy weekend, right? The start of something really special, the start of something really great, the start of something really maybe uncomfortable for some people, and what does all of that mean? We're going to be diving deep into the Mars-Uranus North Node conjunction that really is already very close to that state of conjunction. You know, in astrology, we're always talking about aspects and transits. Well, you know, they they don't just happen when the two or the three planets come together in whichever configuration. That's just when it's exact. But there's always a period of time before when things begin to build toward what's happening or what the main event would be. And then there's this bracketed period of time. And I would say we're in that bracketed period of time right now where the um, the events are activated or, or where the certain um, energies are activated. And then there's the waning period of time where it begins to settle in uh, to our awareness and begins to be integrated into uh, our lives. So this particular aspect pattern is one that hasn't happened for such a very long time, at least not in this iteration that we're going to be seeing it. So it's important for us to understand the context and through which this is happening, the impact on the collective, as well as the impact on you personally, because you're not immune to it, right? You're part of the collective, but you also have this pattern taking place in your own personal chart somewhere. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, but as well, there's other things going on. Um, there's an aspect pattern. I'm going to show you the pattern before you look at all the things, all my notes. This pattern is called a grand cross. And a grand cross is made up of uh, squared planets. So we have planets that are in like modalities. So in this case, fixed signs. So our modalities are cardinal, mutable, and fixed, right? Cardinal signs are initiating signs. They, they start to move things forward. Mutable signs are changeable, right? They're going to change things up, morph things. The fixed signs, though, they're the ones that get stuck in a comfort zone. We need that stability. We need that security that that affords us. Uh, but it also, uh, as well as the other two modalities have, you know, they're, they're sort of weaknesses. And right now we have this pattern of a fixed grand cross, meaning we have planets in uh, square to one another from Taurus to Aquarius, from Aquarius to Scorpio, and from Scorpio to Leo, and then from Leo back up to Taurus. All four of those signs are fixed signs, right? So if you are one of those signs, you tend to be more loyal, stable, security-oriented, tendency to get stuck in a, in a pattern, taking more energy to move you out of that pattern. And then, of course, in a grand cross, we also then have oppositions. Did you note the, the, the cross in the middle, right? They cross right here. And the grand cross then is also formed by oppositions. In this case, the north node Uranus-Mars conjunction at one tip and the south node opposite that in Scorpio. So we have a Taurus-Scorpio opposition. And then we also have a Leo 
and Aquarius opposition with Saturn sitting in Aquarius with Mercury at the point, almost the sun and the moon today also uh, at the point. And so it's quite interesting. It's an extraordinary pattern. And it's a pattern that, um, <laughs> it's a pattern, you're right. I was calling it triple conjunction of the heart. Does sound like a yummy sandwich, doesn't it? Uh, Tom and I had this conversation the other day around the whole historical point of view of this triple conjunction, because it, that part is extraordinary as well. From the historical point of view, um, you can almost just hear the echoes of what was going on then uh, and how that is going to apply to our lives going forward here. The reason I said it was a triple conjunction of the heart, because the gate in our human design that Mars, Uranus and the North Node are sitting at will be in the gate two. And the gate two is on the identity center, right? The center. So in your own human design charts, and this might be a time when you get your own personal chart out, um, there's a diamond and it's either yellow if it's defined or it's white if you have it open. And that center is the center for love and direction. It acts as a one-way magnet and that one way is only able to attract to us the situations, the people, the opportunities that match what it is that we are focusing our energy on. It really is the seat of our co-creatorship, if you will. And isn't it interesting to think of our co-creatorship being a, a, an effect of the heart, right? An effect of the heart center. And then the south node, of course, is important here because the south node sort of gives us this idea of what we've been holding on to. Uh, of what we need to release. And it's in the gate one, which is also on the identity center. So we have the axis of the two nodes sitting in the center for love and direction and identity. And uh, I want to break that down a little bit. This might end up being a two-part show, meaning today we'll talk a lot about most of it. And then on Monday, we might do a deeper dive into some of the other parts of it, because there is so much to this, this aspect. And I, to me, even though I look at it, and I see it in a fixed sign that gives me the willies, because the fixed sign energy sometimes can just be, you know, beating the head against the wall, trying to do things, trying to solve problems, in the same way that they've always been solved, finding out that they don't work and getting more and more anxious and frustrated because it means that we have to change, right? If we want to do something, it means we have to change. Some signs are better at change than others, right? And and the the fact of the matter is we need all of that energy. We need the we need those that change, we need those that initiate, and we need those that are stable to make our uh, world balanced, right? If we all were always changing, imagine what your life might look like, right? Actually, our lives do always change, but let's just say every day was, you know, a change, major change status, that would not be very stable. And on the other hand, if we were always initiating things, but never staying long enough to see if it came to fruition, that would also destabilize things. But on the other hand, when we are too stable, i.e. stuck, that's not good either because we keep trying to do the same things over and over again. It kind of takes on an irrationality to it. So 
lots of great energy, yes. And it might be very scary for some, right? I've already talked to people this week and uh, I think most of us have already gotten an indication in our own personal lives where this might be, where this change might be taking place or where we're being asked to step up in a different way or to let go of the old. And that's scary for people, right? For some people, you know, that means for some people, it might be relationships crashing and breaking. It might be um, jobs crashing. It might be um, health problems. It could be all kinds of different things based on where this might be going on in your own chart. So where is this going on? Well, it's going on everywhere in the chart, right? If you look at this chart, look where it's going on. I mean, its effects are far reaching, it goes all the way around the chart. But when you look at where does the where's the crux point, right? Where's the part where it really looks like it starts? It starts in Taurus, right? That's where the biggest buildup of energy is and where it is that we must make the changes. And I want to I'll break that down a little bit more as we go on this morning. I want to take questions from you as well about it. Uh, we might even if we can do so, take a look at a couple of people's charts um but i want to take a historical view of some of the things that were going on in the time period where this last occurred but let's start with where things are as of today right because we're looking ahead at the weekend and we have friday saturday sunday because you know i always add friday into the weekend and right now we have the moon in leo by the way how was everybody's new moon right did new things happen right were new pathways laid for you that new moon in leo is a doozy because it really does attempt to reorient us around our heart. So we have another clue, right? That something's going on and it has to do with our heart. And what do I mean by that? Well, our heart really guides the direction that we take in our lives. That's born out in our human design, where the heart centers are both right next to one another. One is the identity center, which is the seat of the soul or the heart of you as a human being. And then literally the heart itself center is set just to the left of that or just to the right if you're looking head on to the chart. And that's an important thing for us to understand because it encapsulates both our individuality and our collectivity. So we, we need to be able to address both sides of the matter, but the new moon was in Leo. Leo is the heart. Leo is the individual. So what we're having to strengthen and bring out at this time is our individuality, our personal individuality. Now, that can be easy for some people and more difficult for others because the question might be, well, who am I, right? And that's an old question. That's an old question based on the South Node in the Gate One, where we're constantly searching for purpose and for uh, the, the idea that what am I here to do and who am I here to be? And one of the things that I think, and this is just Janet Think, actually, it's not just Janet Think, I think a lot of people think this way, is that it isn't about who am I? It isn't about what am I here to do? It is about what do I want to do? What makes me happy? What direction do I want to move in? Right? We're switching up that energy from looking at it from something outside of us that is driving our lives, driving our cars, so to speak, to looking at it from, well, I'm the driver 
and I want to go in that direction. And then I want to go in that direction, right? And being able to see ourselves in that level of creatorship where we are really the ones with the divine right, with the divine ability to co-create our reality. So I want everybody to keep thinking about that because if you're looking for the answers to questions outside of you, then you're in the wrong place. You're looking in the wrong place. The better question is, well, what do I really want? What do I desire? What makes me happy? What is my true north? What could I do all day long and not even notice that the time has flown by? Those are the steps that you want to take. All right. So let's say good morning to everybody first, because I see a bunch of things going by and I just want to make sure I meet uh, everybody. Good morning, Tanya. It's good to see you, Tom. Hello to you. Good morning, Erica. And Tom says it kicks you into YouTuber later. I'm not sure what that is, but maybe you're talking about some lag, maybe. Cheryl Yamamoto, good to see you. She says, happy Friday, Veronica Chandler. Good to see you. Debbie Tippett's to me all. Hello. Good morning, J-Lo and Pam Zaruba. And Tom says the triple conjunction of the heart sounds like a yummy sandwich. I saw that. That's awesome. Or a Bonnie Tyler song. There's always that as well. And Kajella, good morning to you. Pam says, FYI, your whole picture is fuzzy, even your logo. Wow. And happy Friday. I don't know because I see it clearly. I don't know why it would be fuzzy. Maybe something going on on your end. Is it fuzzy? Where? Let's see. Where are you, Pam? You are on YouTube. So it's fuzzy on YouTube. That's interesting. Let me make sure my camera is clean. So hold on while I blank out my camera for a minute. Just make sure I didn't put my big old fingerprint on my camera, which it's possible. Um, anyway, uh, thanks, Pam, for that. Tom, my diamond thing is white. So you have an open identity center. Are you sure your thing is white, Tom? Uh, awesome. Tanya uh, says, Pam, it's not fuzzy on my end. Okay, good. So maybe something going on on Pam's end. Uh, Erica, my Scorpio stellium keeps me stuck, but I'm thankful for my Virgo stellium husband. That keeps me on my toes. That's a great balance point. Um, J-Lo, uh, you're welcome to see this Taurus chart. All right, good, J-Lo. So if we get a chance for that, we'll take a look at that. And she says, oh, it was sure interesting for me watching things happening on the outside of me. And Tom, I can see your chart as well if we want to. Uh, and then we can check that. Well, hmm. Well, we'll see if I can pull it both. Christine Buckingham, good morning. Erica, personally, I've been cleaning out my my deceased parents' home, so I'm definitely not staying in my patterns and doing something different, kind of being forced into a clean out, if you will, a letting go, releasing of some old baggage. Not that your parents represented old baggage, but when you're having to take care of the remains of someone's estate, that's kind of what happens, right? You go down memory roads, um, you have to decide, does this stay or does this go? What's worthwhile to keep and what have you on top of the emotions, right? That are going to come up for you during this period of time. So our hearts are with you, Erica. Um, and Michelle, good morning. Kajela says it's clear on my end. Very good. Uh, Cheryl, not fuzzy. Okay. So, so Pam, it looks like it's probably something happening on your end. Maybe go out and come back in or hit refresh and maybe it'll catch up. And Erica, if we have time, would love to see my chart too. Okay, good. So uh, I wanted to know, by the way, how everybody experienced their new moon. So if you want to just 
type in a couple of words like it was uh, messed up um, or it was really cool or what, let me know. Um, I noticed that a few of my Leo clients were ones that were really having the toughest time, right? Where things were happening that were upsetting their apple carts, so to speak. And that it does not surprise me in the least. And yet I get it, right? It's, it's time to take a different view, if you will, on your life and what, and your part in it, right? In a way, all of us are asked to look at where are we giving our power away, right? Where, again, are we looking outside of us for support, whether it's financial, whether it's relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's you, you name it, right? Where are we looking outside of us for things like that versus really looking at our power in it all, right? And our power is all that matters because we all have free will which is equatable to choice. We all can choose. In fact, we all do choose every day what it is that we're going to do. Are we going to continue the same patterns or are we going to release patterns? It's interesting to me because, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of soul realignment work with people. And some of the people that I heard from over the last couple of days have been people that I did the soul realignment work with. And what's becoming very clear to me in doing that work is that it before, before you get to the part where you actually start making new choices, a lot of the old choices come up in your face and are kind of hanging there for you to do something about. So it feels to me like sometimes in order to get to the new choices, the crashing and burning happens of the old ones. And don't be surprised by that. It's what happens with manifesting energy in the first place, right? The minute you choose to do something different. So today I decide that I'm going to start a new business or I choose today to get healthy or whatever it is that you choose, right? There's an intention there in the choosing. What is the intention, right? The intention might to be to... Um, better my financial picture. Uh, the intention might be to get better health. Uh, the intention might be to find a job that's much more to my liking, where I feel like I'm valued or loved or that I'm making a good impact on the world. That is the intention behind the choice. Well, now the world begins to align with that intention. Once you take a step in the new direction, so you set the intention and the, the, the whole of your choices begin to crumble if they are not in uh, a congruent state to the new intention, right? So a lot of you may be at that precipice right now where the world that is a, your old you is crumbling. And that's a call from your heart to be doing something different right? To be doing something different. And that's going to take a lot of different, um, it, it's going to show up in a lot of different ways. It's going to take a lot of different kinds of roads, depending on your own personal chart, but also on the relative stuckness in you at the moment, right? Where if you've been entrenched in something for so long, 
beating your head up against the wall, so to speak, expecting a new outcome, but it's never happening, right? Keeps happening. The old, same old thing, same old pattern. Then you absolutely are being asked and tasked with taking a new step, choosing something different, stepping outside of the old you. Now that's also part of this grand cross energy, right? The grand cross energy uh, has Saturn in Aquarius opposing Mercury in Leo. And where I see that, and by the way, that opposition is, is exact tomorrow. And here is where we've been talking about the same things over and over again, ad nauseum, but without doing anything different, right? We're, we're doing and saying the same things, but expecting a different result. It's kind of the very definition of insanity, right? So we're doing these insane things. We've become insane, insane in the membrane, right? So it's time for us to step outside of that and do something different. And it's scary. It is scary as hell for some people to make those kinds of changes. But that's what we have to do. That's born in this grand cross is the need for us to stop mouthing what needs to be changed or what we want to do and take some action. Saturn, right? Saturn in Aquarius, take some action toward the new. Try something different. Get out of your own way by getting back into your heart and following what you love. Follow the trail of the love crumbs, <laughs> the love crumbs in your life. What makes you feel good, right? What do you do in your day that you look forward to? What time of the day do you look forward to? Maybe that's where you put some of the things that you really love to do is in that time of the day. And you have the choice here, right? You really do have the choice. And that's not to say that bad things won't happen or that dramas and traumas won't develop in our lives. Those sometimes are out of our control. We don't always get to decide what other people are going to do in response to us. We don't always get to decide what's happening in the bigger, wider world, but we do get to choose how we respond, how we are going to show up and what we are going to do in the face of all of these things that are happening. That's your power. Don't give it up. Don't give it away. Don't let it sit on the shelf somewhere for something sometime later that you'll, you'll take your power back. This is a grand opportunity for us to do that now. And for those of you who might think, well, that sounds kind of selfish or self-centered or, you know, whatever. The best thing that you can do for yourself and for others is to be more self-centered, right? To be more conscious of your own individual needs and your own need to follow your own heart and your own desires. Because when you do that, everyone around you who might be watching surreptitiously or who are literally watching you, depending on your human design, you might have the, the line five um, in your, in your chart, which, you know, people are watching you uh, in not a creepy sort of way, but sort of creepy feeling. Uh, then, you know, you might sometimes feel judged by what people are seeing about what you're doing. Um, but they're allowing, if you allow yourself to do that, then by kind of the uh, reflection, they also, have the freedom to choose for themselves, for their heart-centeredness. 
So it's really, really important for us to do this work and to do some changes. Um, okay, so, um, oh wow, more, more comments. Cheryl says, I had amazing opportunities show up and I have a Scorpio stellium in the eighth house of change, right? <laughs> of transformation, of, uh, of, you know, attracting resources perhaps from outside of you that you can bring to bear in your own life to help you as you go on your next journey. Awesome. Tanya, I lost my job the day before. So the new moon is bringing freedom, right? Bringing freedom, uh, maybe space right? For you to do the healing work that you must do now. Um, and, you know, making choices. That's what this is all about. Making choices. What am I going to choose to do? And let's see. Awesome says, lost my job and Saturn is playing peekaboo with my 23 degree Aquarius midheaven. Indeed, right? The midheaven is where your power is, right? That's where your authority is. Where have you given your power and your authority away, Tanya? And where is it that you need to bring it back, right? Bringing it back. That uh, the MC, the midheaven is the dividing line uh, between the ninth and the 10th houses. Although in whole sign astrology, it floats a bit between them. But typically it denotes an area of the chart where we're being tasked with bringing in our own power and our own authority, standing up and using our individuated self out in the world. Right. So a part of that might be sharing your gifts and your talents with the world and uh, stepping up, if you will. Right. To claim what you want and who you are and where you're going and what you want to do rather than giving away the power um, to all different kinds of things. So Erica Danielson, good morning to you. And so anyway, lots of stuff there. Um, let's start with Friday. I kind of got off track. I get on my soapbox and I have to sometimes pull myself backwards here. Let's talk about the moon. Moon in Leo right now, transiting into Virgo as we move into tomorrow. And you want to know what's really fun is that the moon transits into Virgo tomorrow at 11, 11 a.m. Now that's, of course, West Coast time. So 11, 11, a doorway, portal. So even though for others of you in different time zones, it won't be 11, 11, it still has that portal doorway feel to it for me. And let's, let's delve into Virgo energy for a bit, because I always think it's interesting the way the patterns fall in the Zodiac. So we have, you know, each sign builds upon the, what was previous to it. So we've just been through cancer where we've been looking at traditions and family values and setting up of a foundation, a stability, using our intuition, uh, uh, and noting how our emotions impact us, our moods impact us. And then that takes us into Leo energy. And in Leo energy, it's now about, well, what do I want to do from the heart, right? Who, who in my imagination, in my imagination of who I am and what I do, who I want to be, where I want to go, <laughs> how do I want to do that, right? What do I want to do? And that shifts then into Virgo that is an earth sign now. So we've gone from the water to the fire, the passion. And now we're going into the moon in an earth sign that wants creditable action, right? It wants the steps. It needs to be, it needs to be this way because in Leo, things might always just stay up in that imaginal, in, in, in that imaginal realm or in, in our imagination and never come down into 
the planet to be expressed. So Virgo energy ensures that we begin to do the work of bringing our heart's desires into reality, right? So we're bringing them into reality. And how are we doing that? Well, Virgo light, the light of Virgo is really about caring and um, sort of the hardworking yet supportiveness that we bring to our dream, right? Or that we bring to one another, that we bring in a spirit of serving, right? The world serving as in sharing of ourselves, of our gifts with the world. And, and, and when we get into Virgo, we have the potential uh, for great critical thinking and analytical thinking it, as it's an intellectual sign. It's a sign that's ruled by Mercury. So we have the moon and Mercury tied in together in the same pattern of that grand cross with Saturn opposing it and squared to Uranus North Node and Mars, and then uh, squared as well to the South Node on the other side. So it's very important for us to understand, even though, you know, Mercury is still in Leo, that what we're being asked to do is to bring out of the imagination and into reality, those things of the heart. And we're supposed to do that in an organized way. There is also a spirit of of perfecting here. Now I'm using that as a positive because um, the dream is one thing, but once you start to take action on the dream, you might find that you have to tweak and you have to, you know, adjust and you have to, to do some things to it that might be different than the original dream and not being afraid to do that, to perfect your creatorship, right? Being in that perfectionist mode, but not the negative thought of perfectionist mode. <laughs> the more positive, right? I see that's a little, that needs a little more alignment and I'm going to move that, you know, and do that. Um, there's also hardworking energy here because it's earth, right? So we're willing to roll up our sleeves, so to speak, and get down into the dirt and dig it up, plant, do whatever it is we need to do. Maybe it's organizing. Maybe we have to throw away or move out of our way a lot of things in order to make room for what's new, right? Maybe it's all in our heads that we might need to rethink our, uh, our thoughts, meaning, you know, sometimes we can get into these thought patterns, particularly if you all have a defined head in Ashna, then it becomes, you know, kind of a pattern of thought. Now that can be your friend if you need certainty about how something is going to play out or what something needs, what needs to be done. But it can also be your Achilles heel because you always apply the same thinking to everything that shows up in your life, which can lead you to getting stuck in an old mindset. So we have the opportunity here to get out of the old mindset and do something new. Now, what's the shadow here? Because there's always going to be the shadow in any of the signs. We have the high side and we have the lower side. The shadow energy comes up with OCD behaviors, the obsessive compulsive things, right? Being a constant nitpicker, right? Or being constantly tweaking and tweaking and tweaking to the point where something never launches or you never make any changes because you're too busy trying to discern whether you need to make a change or not and trying to keep something perfecting. So here's where perfecting goes wrong in that OCD behavior. On the other hand, there's disorganization, right? Not having a plan of action. So I'm, you know, doing some things here, there, everywhere, kind of, you know, not organized overthinking, which 
is a problem that I think a lot of us have because our culture, our world tends to put us in a position, uh, wants from us, has taught us that thinking is the way to solving a problem. And I guarantee you, there isn't anybody on the planet designed to solve a problem from the mind. It's all about the body, the body's wisdom and the action steps, the choices in the actual physical realm that you're going to take to choose something different, right? It's not thinking about it. If that overthinking leads to anxiety and tension, it can lead to nervousness and, you know, just that feeling of, you know, you're on my last nerve. It can lead to judginess, being judgy, right? That you're, you're either judging yourself or others, critical, criticizing, that kind of thing, or intellectualizing your emotions, right? Your feelings and not really being aware of how to use your emotional energy appropriately. So all of that is happening through the weekend. So we're really in, in this bigger pattern, the smaller piece with the moon and Virgo over the weekend says, well, what are you going to do about what you want to do? What are you going to do about your idea? What are you actually going to take steps toward in order to make the changes that you want in your life? Right. Looking at the things that might have happened, like, for instance, Tanya losing a job. What is the blessing in that? What is the what is the opening the universe is giving you to be more heart centered and, you know, getting yourself out of the thought process of, well, I just got screwed or I now don't have an income or, you know, all of the different thoughts now that come up around. I don't have a job and I need health insurance and all of those things that go with that. So lots of fun, right? Lots of fun. So reminding your, ourselves that the imagination, the ideas, the inspiration are only so good as how you're going to take action on them. What are you going to do? Right? It's great to have great ideas, but you have to know that you have to take steps, right? And that's the thing here. Now, let's go back to the, first of all, any questions? Defined head and Ajna for awesome Tanya. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Erica, um, that's cool for you because you have a Virgo moon, right? Eight degrees of Virgo, so early in Virgo. Uh, so taking action, right? And I, I can share for you some of the, for all of you, some of the things that have been going in my mind. And um, that is, I feel like, and this is a feeling, right? So it's maybe not true, but it could possibly be true. And I'm feeling it. So I'm going to analyze it a bit that I've been kind of hiding that, you know, I come on on Mondays and Fridays, but I used to do webinars all the time, like monthly. And I used to do like trainings and things like that. And I sort of not done that. So that was one of my new moon intentions if you will, was to take that creative energy I have for creating, you know, presentations and webinars and things like that and put them out into the world again. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And also to, I, I also set the intention that I'm not going to just stay in learning mode. I'm going to, because I have been in learning mode. You guys might not know that, but I've been in learning mode. And now I really want to get back out into teaching mode. So those are just some things, new things that are related to what's been going on into my head that I now need to take steps on because it's feeling is in my heart center, right? That I feel like I want to do these things. And 
to just keep it up in my head would keep me stuck in this same old pattern. So it's time to change the pattern. All right. So all of you, you know, no one is going to have it in the same way that I'm experiencing it. But I urge all of you to look at, to take that step, to look at what do I really want? And what am I willing to do? Because you have to be willing to do what it takes to do, to get what you want. Okay. There's that. All right. Uh, now let's take a look at the history here uh, behind some of uh, what was going on at the last time this triple conjunction occurred, which of course, uh, as Tom alluded to on Monday, was in 324 BC, right? Long time ago, long time ago. And what that was, was Mars, Uranus, and the North Node at the same degree of Taurus, essentially, that it's at this time. So in that time, that was the last iteration of some of the major things that would come about in the collective based on what was going on in that time and those three things. Now, remember, at that time, Uranus wasn't discovered, right? We didn't have a concept of Uranus. We didn't have a concept of awakening through rebellion or awakening through revolution. It doesn't mean that we don't have revolution at that time or that we don't have rebellion at that time. Certainly, that was a part of the experience, but it wasn't um, awakened rebellion or revolution, right? It wasn't awakening. It wasn't electrical in nature where, where we could actually use it, harness it for our benefit and for our own use, right? Because it wasn't, there was no conscious awareness in the collective at that time of the power of that, nor do I think that they had any concept of the nodes of this idea of a life path trajectory or of a collective trajectory of a consciousness evolution, right? We didn't even have an idea yet really about the evolution of our species or of how life came into being. So there were a lot of things, a lot of awarenesses that weren't part of life in 324 BC that are a part of our awareness in our lives now as this very powerful triple conjunction happens. Now, at the time of Alexander the Great, or shall I say, at the time of his death, he died very young, 32 years old. He was taken with a fever and just, you know, went downhill over time. I'm not even sure that, you know, we know now from our perspective what it is that he might have had a lot of theories about what, what kind of disease he had. I think most people think it was perhaps a poison that he was given that brought his death, um, debilitating him over time. Uh, but it was in the time post Alexander the Great, uh, who basically spread, was responsible for spreading Greek culture across the world, right? From just the Mediterranean area, northward into Europe, and then south and eastward into Africa, and even as far away as India. And um, all of that Greek culture caused an explosion of ideologies and uh, inspiration around the world, right? Because the, the Greeks were studying things like philosophy and math and astronomy and medicine. So that knowledge and that wisdom begins to spread into other parts of the world and integrate with the knowledge and methods of uh, those particular cultures. We really see culture and dramas and art and sculptures and all of the architectural beauty 
that starts to spread as well from the Greek homeland, if you will, on outward to these other places. The Greek language, right, began to impact even the English language, right? A lot of the words we use are based in Greek and ancient Greek and ancient Roman. But at this point, this is not the time of the Romans yet. This is, we're predating the Roman Empire here. And the um, the spread of Greek ideologies are also pa partly responsible or forming our most basic culture, art, and civics, our idea of politics and culture now, right, that we live now. The impact has been over centuries. So, Interestingly enough, democracy, at least something that is very valuable, valued in our world for through a lot of countries, right, in the world value this concept of democracy, were those principles were developed by the ancient Greeks and taken up through Alexander the Great's spreading of that through other countries. He was one of the few conquerors who didn't just destroy the culture of the people he conquered, he took in and, and added to their own cultures, right? So it, it was sort of a mixing and blending of Greek culture into the current cultures of whatever lands that he went into. Now, certainly at this point in our history with this triple conjunction, we don't necessarily have the conquering thing. We do have some conquering things going on with, you know, the Russia-Ukraine thing, but I really want to look at what does that mean for us collectively now? Because you could think about how does that impact our politics, our philosophies, mathematics and science, right? At the point in time where they were putting out all of these mathematics, there wasn't really a concept of science yet, right? Science was more individualized, like there was the science of astronomy, mathematics, philosophy and medicine. It was in the Greek time, though, that they began to see how these things were integrating, right, and bringing them all together, which has been developed more fully in our current time period, even though we still tend to keep them a little bit more isolated. It was a time of astrology. This is the, the time period directly after Alexander the Great died was called the Hellenistic period. There's a form of astrology called Hellenistic astrology which holds form to how the ancient Greeks studied the stars, right? So it's an interesting concept that Hellenistic astrology is experiencing a comeback, right? There are a lot more, I think maybe 10 years ago or so, I'd never heard of Hellenistic astrology or at least not known a Hellenistic astrologer, but now it's in our everyday vernacular, right? As astrologers, oh yeah, there's Hellenism, right? There's the Hellenistic astrologers. So we have, that impact still happening now. So now fast forward to, you know, this weekend with this triple conjunction coming and what does it mean for us in our lives? That's the question, right? Because, you know, history is always 2020 hindsight, right? We look back and we go, oh, now we can see how that pattern that the ancient Greeks, you know, laid out that then was picked up by the Hellenistic Greeks and then spread around the world, how that impacts us now, but we're seeing that in retrospect. 
So it's hard right now to say, what are the aspects that are happening now going to impact our culture going forth? But we have a couple of ideas about that, right? We could say, oh, okay, let's look at these different things. Well, first of all, one of the things that I looked at was the fact that Saturn is in Aquarius right now. I should have pulled a chart for 324 BC to see if Saturn was in Aquarius at that point in time. But I think maybe part of this revolutionary energy that this brings in is a huge leap in our knowledge of science, of our knowledge in mathematics, and think about astronomy and what the impact of the Webb telescope has had right? The clearer pictures we're getting of our universe. I saw, uh, what was it? God, this, it was uh, a picture from the James Webb telescope that was looking at a galaxy that was formed 13 point some billion years ago. So we're looking at light. The telescope is looking at light that was born almost near the Big Bang, right? The theory of the Big Bang, right? That the universe was born in this big explosion of energy. How amazing is that? And that's astronomy, right? There's astronomy there. So we can see that the telescope being launched and the pictures it's sending back, primarily giving us a new view on the universe that we live in, on the galaxy, giving us a new galactic spin, if you will. Now, pair that, with galactic astrology, which is making a resurgence, right? People picking up the call to start teaching about galactic astrology. And then us as astrologers picking up that discipline to share with you your galactic heritages, right? Huge impact on our lives and something that that is relatively new. Remember I said, these transits don't happen just on the day, right? We've been experiencing this building up We'll experience it in its actuality, and then we'll experience its waning energy. But its idea here is for, uh, for, for us is that it sets the mold for what's to come. So we can see already some of the impacts that have happened. If we start looking at architectural styles, is it possible that out of our need to build a more sustainable world that our architecture begins to change, right? We start to build in... Um, recycling of water and air within a building. I know a lot of communities have already done that. In Seattle, they have entire housing uh, areas built with recycling of water from the air and using that water as a part, moving it through filters and what have you to keep recycling that in the home. We also have solar panels, you know, solar is resurging as well. So we see a lot of these fun things that are coming back. And it was a time of expansion primarily. So we're looking at the potential for this to trigger an expansion, but expansion means change. And that makes people uncomfortable. That makes governments uncomfortable, right? That makes the people more powerful in the end, because the people begin to, it's the grassroots that begins to morph the power balance and begins to change the world, right? So lots of great news for us on the horizon with this Mars, Uranus, North Node and Taurus energy. You've got to remember too that Taurus rules the earth energy. It rules the planet in terms of the food, the soil, 
right? The ground, the water in the ground. Um, so a lot of our agricultural things that we do and a lot of the things that we take for granted as far as our climate and as far as, you know, we, we just assume that farmers are planting and that that food is going to be available, right? So I'm wondering about that impact, right? Is there some kind of impact coming? We did talk about that a little on Monday with Ceres also, the planet, the goddess, mother goddess energy in Taurus as well. Not necessarily close to this conjunction, but she's definitely there in Taurus as well. So potentially, you know, change going to, to rattle our cages, uh, to rattle and shake us up. Now, I want to I want to make one clear distinction, which I thought was so fascinating to me anyway. You guys might not think this is as fascinating. But in ancient Greece, the concept of democracy was, of course, that the people have the power, right? They're deeply involved in their government. And in fact, they were almost, they, there was this forced participation in ancient Greece <coughs> to participate in government. And when people didn't, if you chose not to, you were sort of marked with some kind of red paint or something as someone who doesn't participate in the society. <laughs> I'm not saying we need to go back to that, but there was a real value about the people participating in their government for having a say and being responsible for participating in the government. Of course, that left out women and people of color and also slaves, right? The slave, <coughs> whoever was a slave at that time period. So <laughs> we're becoming obviously more inclusive, right? We're going away from those old paradigms. But is it a call perhaps for us now to become more active in our government, in, in our leadership? And interestingly enough, this weekend, the sun and the earth make a change human design wise. The sun will move into the gate 31, the gate of leadership. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, right? It's all, it's all, it's like, coalescing into this thing, right? So the Sun at Gate 31 is called the gate of uh, the visionary leader in some cases. And this is a gate of leadership that is elected or promoted to or requested and not an uh, authoritarian grab, uh, uh, not a dictatorship, not a communistic sort of, of uh, form of, of government. This is sort of a government of the people, by the people, for the people, run by the people who elect a leader that is responsible to making sure that the people's will be done. That is the basis of the change that we have that is inborn in our human design. That is as close as we get to in, in the human template for what a government must be, what a leader must be, right? Now, the earth always is the one that brings up the challenge. You know, every week that we go through a new uh, sun and earth connection, the earth is the one that sort of challenges, that brings like up to your face where you're stuck, <laughs> where you're not living out the truth or where you're not walking your talk so that you can actually be more aligned with the sun's energy. So we want to be more aligned with the sun's energy of, of leadership, of collaboration, 
um, of consensus building, because that's also a part of the energy. But the earth at gate 41 requires imagination, right? Imagination. But again, it is the gate 41, first of all, is the first gate of the new year for human design. So it holds the energy for all the potential, for all that's new, for all that could be. But it resides up in, well, it's residing in the root center, in the imagination. And the pressure builds for us to take that imagination energy, that fantastical energy, and to push it out in some way into the world. So it is an energy that begs us to do right to do not just keep it in our thoughts or keep it you know in that imaginal realm but to actually do something with it and the 41 interestingly enough leads to the 30 which is the gate of passion and desire what do we want so it's all tied in together it's like one nice neat little package of beginning with us with the north node at the gate two, wanting us to get clarity about what do we want how do we want to move outward into the world? Oh, thank you, sweetie. Crab, yum. So this is the weekend for us to really get that clarity. It might be even a good time for you to take the time to ask yourself those questions. What do I want? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? And then to design the steps that you need to take to get there. All right. Now, of course, it's we have seven minutes. Um, uh, who asked me first to look at their chart? I think it was Erica. So I'm going to quick pull up a chart just so that we can kind of, well, first of all, I'm going to share my screen. That's because I did pull up the chart uh, for, here we go. And it's a window and new. Microsoft Edge tab. Ah, ooh, that's different. Okay, so here's what the human design chart looks like. And what I wanted to point out for everybody is right here, this is the identity center. And the identity center shows us the gates in this picture of where the, um, I thought I had another one. Yeah. I don't know if that changed. Well, we'll leave it here for now. So uh, the gate two right here, it's moving down to the sacral, right? So in the gate two, we're taking what we're allowing into our lives, what we're allowing newly into our being, and we're moving it to action at the sacral. That's where the north node is. The south node is up here at the one which is called the gate of life purpose right it's where we've had this pressure or this this almost obsession about life purpose and what we are here to do and who we are here to be and it really turns out that you are here to do and be what it is you want to do and who it is that you want to be right and apply it based on the gifts that you have right i'm a gemini my gifts are communication so it would seem that my heart should go moving toward expressing my gifts in some way, right? Through words, through writing, through speaking. So that is what the human design looks like for this particular period of time. Um, now I want to go to Astro. I'm going to stop sharing for a minute while I go through all of that so you guys don't have to watch my screen going crazy. And uh, then we can look at Erica's chart, Tom's chart. If we have a couple minutes, we can do that. 
And one moment here, and then I will share my screen, if that is okay with you, Erica and Tom. And Dorsey, right? Dorsey. All right, Erica, there you are. I wish there was a faster way to get to the charts, but there really isn't. So just a moment here. Uh, I don't need to look at all of that extra stuff. And I want to just look at the major aspects. I think that's good. Okay. And no. Okay, good. So let me show the chart now. And share my screen. So StreamYard share. There we go. So we're looking at Erica's chart. Now, Erica, this may look different because I pared it down to only the major planets, right? I didn't want to have all of the extra stuff that I normally have on the chart. So when we're looking at now the transits, so here, this inside is your natal chart, the natal major planets, not all of the other exact uh, things. And right here, then on the outer wheel, this is where the transits are taking place. So here's where you can see the Mars-Uranus North Node conjunction. And now we can take a look at what house it's impacting in your natal chart. And we can take a look at what planets it might be impacting in your natal chart. Now, the key degree in all of this, for those of you who are following along, maybe in your own chart, is 18 degrees of Taurus. So between 18 and 19 degrees. And you might even go a degree or two before and a degree or two after. Um, so look at what's in the vicinity that is being impacted. So the first thing I look at here is the, the conjunction is happening in your second house, Erica. So the second house is a house of money, earning power, right? How do you earn your money? What are the values that you have that drive the resources that you buy or the things that you, you know, do? What do you really love? And what are you worthy, because self-worth is a part of this, of having, of being able to do, of being able to create, okay? So we have that. Now let's take a look at the opposition point here, because the south node is going to be over here in the um, eighth house. Now, I just happen to know your situation a little bit. So I'm wondering if there isn't some part of you, right? The eighth house is income that comes to us from our spouses, from a government, from debt or credit, not doesn't come income from debt, but income from credit, use, utilizing credit. And you have a lot of, of, of planets sitting there in that eighth house. Now they're not necessarily in the degree zone. Jupiter is in the degree zone, I would say. But the south node moving through this part of the chart is certainly making you wonder about how it is you might want to earn money yourself, right? That might be something that's changing for you. That may be starting your own business at home. I know you, you do a lot with your, your property and so forth and that it's not necessary for you to have to work perhaps, but maybe there's something you would like to do that strengthens your feelings of self-worth, um, 
that, you know, <laughs> opens up the heart to being able to be proactive around creating resources for yourself. Now, I would not also, I would also say that this might be about how you manage resources, right? How you manage resources for your family or for your, um, your own, um, you know, you and your spouse. Now, I also know that your mother just recently passed away. So you're also having to take care of the um, inheritance type thing here. So maybe the South Node is more about here leading you into investing. Could be lots of possibilities here. When I look at Saturn in your chart, Saturn is in the 11th house of hopes, dreams, wishes, friendships, networking. So building a strategy perhaps around a dream, something that you've dreamed of doing. And then the sun, moon, mercury that are holding the other part of that um, grand cross uh, are in the fifth house of joy and creativity. So a pulse pushing you to create from that loving feeling, right? From that heart. All right. Hopefully that's helpful for you. And now I'm going to switch this. I probably have to close that for a moment. And then I'm going to switch to Tom's chart. Tom, nope, not Gilmore, Tom, right? There we go. Go. And then I'll share my screen. And I wish I had time to do things like this for everybody today. That is definitely not possible. But uh, let me share my screen once more so we can take a look at Tom's chart. Perfect. Okay, so Tom, this is your chart. Now, as we look at Tom's chart again, uh, this is stripped down. So it's going to look a little different than the charts that I've sent you before. And what we're looking at here is your triple conjunction up here in the ninth house. So to me, that is about growth and expansion of your mind, learning something new, um, traveling, maybe doing more that expands your horizons. So the triple conjunction, what's going on here in the heart center that where you want to be expansive, like, what do you want to do? That's bigger than things that you've done, right? Where do you want to see the world perhaps, or what do you want to do in the world that you've not yet done in the world and bring the steps for that into play, right? This is, um, almost a feeling of some kind of bigger philosophy or dream. I, I'm not sure how that plays out in your mind because you have, you know, an interesting mind like mine that jumps all around. Um, but what path of growth might you feel like you want to embark upon? That's what this is about. Now for you, um, if we look at what Mercury is stimulating, it's over here. Uh, and in Leo, in your 12th house, what fears are you going to have to release? Now, I want you to notice that, you know, Mercury in this same pattern, this, you know, square to the triple conjunction, the opposition to Saturn is uh, really going to be at the midpoint of your natal Mars and Uranus in the 12th house, where sabotage might be, self-sabotage is. Uh, where you shut yourself down, the closer, like with, when you ed edge toward expressing your dreams, some kind of fear comes in or some kind of, of thing happens that takes you away from it. So Mercury here may be helping you to distinguish, you know, what's a real fear 
uh, or a real concern versus what might be from a past lifetime or that is false evidence appearing real or a block or a limitation that's born out of your choices and not something that's real. And then the south node down here in Scorpio in the third house, that's an easy one. That's about getting out of your head, right? Changing your mind, um, releasing yourself from that old pattern. And then Saturn in the sixth house, a new path of work and service. How do I share my gifts, my talents, etc.? So, and you know, that that's a big part of, of what is going on here. Even though it's these, these patterns, you know, they're moving, right? This isn't static. So all of this is moving and taking the energy onto, you know, or into new territory um, every day. So think about then how do I want to take my gifts and how do I want to shine those outward into the world? How is that going to be my gift of sharing for everybody? And it might be your music, right? Because that's something you're very creative with. Sorry, J-Lo. I didn't know J-Lo was before Tom. Um, but there's always Monday and Monday will still be on this topic. I want to dive on Monday. We're going to dive deeper into gate two and to gate one and maybe deconstruct a little bit about that and maybe look at human design charts with that. And JLo will do some more with your chart for you then. I'm going to actually even write that on my calendar. JLo's chart. Okay. Uh, any questions? Veronica, I would love to look at yours maybe next time. I make sure I have your birth information. I'll need your birth time, birth place, and birthday. And I'm not sure if I've ever done a reading for you or not. So maybe just email that to me at Janet at living-astrology.com. And uh, Veronica, I mean, uh, Erica, very interesting and pretty spot on. I like that uh, for you, Erica. All right. So that is it for me today, you guys. Take care. Have a wonderful weekend. And really, I, I promise you, if you take the time to consider what it is you really want to do, what you would really love to do, and start to take steps to follow that, your lives will change, right? All right. That's it for me. You guys take care. Mwah! Much love. Bye for now.